Welcome to the Bluff First Podcast. We pray that this message would encourage and enrich your life. For more information, please visit us on the web at bluffhurst.com. If by chance you've snuck in, I know I've seen a few new faces already this morning. If we've not met yet, my name's TJ. Um, I've been the pastor here for the last five years or so. Before that, my wife and I were the youth pastors here for uh, the better part of a decade, and we were just having a blast um, seeing what God has in store for us here at Bluff First. And we hope that maybe if you're uh, looking for a church home, this could be a part of it. Today is the last of four Christmases we've had. We've had four different Christmas uh, weekends. Just in review, in case you haven't been here, we started um, our first Christmas service. It's kind of an annual uh, tradition. If you missed it, don't miss it next year. Um, but we started with just kind of a, a, a solemn look at what it means that God is with us through fear, through loss, through regret. And that was what we call our blue Christmas service. Every year we have a blue Christmas service. Before we get into all the holly jolly festivities, we just have a service and we acknowledge um, the pain that people are going through on the holidays. And then we had, kiddos, you were a part of this. Then we had kids first Christmas and all of our kids sang and performed and danced. And, and uh, my daughter was bossy throughout the whole performance. <laughs> Um, sing me, is what she kept saying, so that was great, um, pastor's kids, right? And uh, we talked about the gift of salvation that's left under the tree, um, and the tree being the cross of Jesus Christ, and so we, we had a great service. And then last week, how many of you guys were here last week? We had an awesome time uh, talking about letting there be light in every dark corner of our lives at our candlelight Christmas service. What a powerful um, moment that was. Today is going to be special as well. It's already been special. I hope you enjoyed the pancakes um, or the toppings. You know, some people are in it for the toppings, um, but it was a great time. Thank you guys again for cooking all that and prepping all that, and, and I hope um, that you're able to stay awake through the service after that low-carb breakfast you had. Um, I hope you're not too sleepy yet. But today is not just our fourth of four Christmas services. It's not just um, the day after Christmas. It's also our very last service of 2021. And so you're here, okay? You're here at the last one, and uh, it's surprisingly, and I, and I say that because I know um, that by and large, um, a lot of churches are struggling, and a lot of churches are having a tough time in the pandemic world that we live in. But truthfully, 2021 has been one of the best years we've ever had as a church, and there's been difficulty, but God has been great. And so, um, as we kind of wrap up our Christmas activities and we get ready for 2022, I want to look at a passage that maybe no other preacher is looking at on Christmas uh, or around Christmas. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Samuel. And uh, I'm going to share a little bit today, but then it's also going to be a special day. You're going to hear testimonies from um, some folks that are being baptized today, and we're super excited about that. But then also, you may not know this, you're going to hear some testimonies and stories from uh, two other Bluff First um, couples. While you're looking for First Samuel, um, how many of you at some point in the last month have watched a Christmas movie? Kiddos, raise your hand high if you've watched a Christmas movie in the last month. Okay, I want to ask a few. How many of you have watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation this month? Okay, all right, all right. I just want you, Chevy is a Chicago Bears fan in that movie, and it pleases the Lord. Um, how about, how many of you have watched Elf? Maybe we should have had a spaghetti breakfast, right, instead of pancakes this morning. Um, how many have watched How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or one of the various Grinch movies, right? 
Okay, awesome. And how about Miracle on 34th Street? Anybody watch that one? A few, less popular, I see. Uh, Home Alone, anybody watch Home Alone? Okay, all right. Don't trust you, all right. Um, a Christmas Story, anybody watch A Christmas Story? Okay, not too, not too bad. How many watch the, the old, like, uh, claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer with Yukon Cornelius, a.k.a. Brian Forbes? Um, it's, uh, it's awesome. If you don't know Brian, you'll find him today. Charlie Brown Christmas Special. Anybody watch Charlie Brown Christmas Special? Okay. All right. I think Home Alone's taking the cake, so maybe The Grinch. Let me see it again. Home Alone. Grinch. Ooh, close. Okay. How about It's a Wonderful Life? Anybody watch that one? Okay. Yeah, a little more mature crowd there. Uh, <laughs> a Christmas Carol, some version of a Christmas Carol. Polar Express. I think I've named all. How many watched a terrible Hallmark Christmas love story movie this year? Okay, I'm not going to name which one because it's endless, right? Um, we could be filming one right now. You never know. I want to talk just briefly about a Christmas Carol. I know we've already mentioned it in the series. Um, of course, we know the main character in A Christmas Carol, right? Who's the main character in A Christmas Carol? Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge, right? Um, I was looking it up this past week, and I was like, I mean, how, how old is that? I know it's older than me. Um, that story was published almost 180 years ago, getting close to 200 years old, and it's still, still very popular. You know, it's got to be good if the Muppets make a version, right? And so the Muppets made a version. It's awesome. Um, this morning, I want to talk about uh, an Ebenezer that is even older than Scrooge. The, the word or the name Ebenezer was not dreamed up by Charles Dickens. It's actually been around for thousands and thousands of years. In fact, even centuries and centuries before Jesus was born and laid in a manger. Um, maybe some of you have sung the song, Come Thou Fount. Any of you ever heard the song, Come Thou Fount? And there's a line in the song that says, here I raise my Ebenezer. And you're like, how did he get into this song? Like, how did Scrooge find his way into this song? Um, we're going to learn about it. If you found 1 Samuel, go ahead and flip to chapter 7. And again, long before Jesus was born uh, of a virgin in Bethlehem, the people of God, God's people, like us, wrestled with faith and with doubt. They wrestled in their consistency they served God and made promises to God only to turn their backs on God and forget him and get distracted, and, and they were doing all these ups and downs. And at some point, we are introduced um, to the namesake of 1 Samuel, a, a man named Samuel. And if you, have no, if you know much of the Old Testament Bible story, Samuel pops up um, briefly in the stories of King Saul, in the story of King David um, and, and Shepherd David. But, but by chapter 7, chapter 8... Um, Samuel is an old man, okay? Samuel um, ha has long since gotten his senior discount, okay? Samuel is an older gentleman, and yet at this point in his story, God is going to do some of the most significant things of his life. Some of the most important events of his life are still ahead of him, even as an old man. Let that be a note to us. Maybe it's a different sermon, different day, but let that be a note to us that God is not done with any of us, okay? If you're here and you still have breath in your lungs, you're like, not that much after the pancakes. Um, God's not done with you. And so we celebrate kids and we celebrate youth, but look, I, I celebrate, there, there are people 
that God has awesome things left ahead of you and you're in your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, okay? And I don't know if we have any in the hundreds yet, but maybe, maybe we'll get there by God's grace um, and less pancakes. So God's not done. Our stories aren't complete. That's another sermon another day. In chapter 7, here's where we are. The people have gone through years and years and years of wandering from God again. They've been in sin. They've been in denial. They've worshipped idols. They've done different things. And they finally come to their senses, and they go to Samuel, and they have a conversation, and they're going to go and meet together and gather like we're gathered, and they're going to, I don't know if they had syrup or not, but they're going to gather, and they're going to worship God, and they're going to repent of their sin, and their enemy, the Philistines, hears about their gathering. They hear that they're getting together, and they decide this is a great time to strike. And so somehow that word gets back to uh, the nation of Israel, and they're very afraid. And I'm, I, we're not going to spend long here but before we get to the panels, but I just want you to see this. Look at verse 8 with me. Chapter 7, verse 8, word gets back to them that the Philistines are coming. And the people of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us. Don't stop praying for us, Samuel, that he might save us from the hand of the Philistines. We've gathered, we're here to worship, we're unarmed, we're unprepared, we're outnumbered. Samuel, you gotta keep praying for us. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered it, or a young lamb, and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. I'm so grateful the Lord answers us when we cry out to him. And Samuel was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to attack Israel. But the Lord thundered with a mighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion. And they were defeated before Israel. Jump down to verse 12. And so Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. I don't know how to say it. And called its name, the stone, the monument that he erects here, he calls it Ebenezer. There's that word. For he said, till now the Lord has helped us. And so the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Again, quickly, we see these people, they're in this desperate situation, they're helpless to save themselves. Here's Samuel calling out to God on their behalf, and they're praying to God, rescue us, deliver us, help us. And they're taken from this situation that surely means death, and instead they're given life. Samuel sets up a stone or a pile of stones to mark the spot. This is a very common um, Jewish tradition, right? To mark a spot, to make a reminder, something you'll walk past, something you'll see and think about and reflect on the goodness of God. And he names the monument Ebenezer, which literally means stone of help. Stone of help. And he says, Till now the Lord has helped us. In other words, God's been with us the whole time. We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't still be standing if it weren't for him. The NIV translates that phrase, till now, to thus far. And he's, he's not saying, till now the Lord was with us. Now he's not. He's saying, man, look back. God has always been with us, right? 
which is what we remember at Christmas, that God has been with us thus far, that God has helped us thus far. As if Samuel wanted them to know, man, if God's been with us through all of that, even our rebellion, won't he be with us even further? There are more attacks, there are more battles, there are more struggles ahead, but if God's been with us before, he'll be with us as we move ahead. This morning, we're going to take a look back at God's faithfulness to us in 2021. And I honestly believe this. I truly believe you and I, if we are Christians, if we are sons and daughters of God through the adoption of our souls by Jesus Christ, if we belong to Jesus, we have no less to be grateful for or thankful for than these people did. We have every bit as much to, to praise God for. We have no less of an Ebenezer, okay? God has helped us thus far. God has been with us till now. And, and as we look at this rock, this Ebenezer set up, this rock that says God's been with us, we too can look back at our story and look at the scriptures and see uh, rocks of remembrance. We can see our Savior born uh, you know, we see the pictures where he's born in a barn or whatever, but it really was the side of a, a hillside or a cave. So we see our Savior born in the side of a cave. He carries his cross up a rocky hill to, to Calvary, to Golgotha, the place of the skull. He breathes his last breath, and he's buried in the side of another cave. And what's rolled in front of the entrance to the grave? A stone, right? And so this morning, we can look to the stones of the nativity or the stones of the cross or the stones of the resurrection and we can look to Jesus Christ who is the bedrock of our faith, who is the rock of our salvation, the cornerstone that everything else depends on, the one who said actually that he's doing something, he's building his church and that you and I are living stones being built into his holy temple. God wants to show up and dwell in a house that's made up not of bricks and, and buildings, but made up of you and me. And so this morning, we have these stones of remembrance, and we reflect on how God has blessed us in the past year. And, and we don't have time today to tell every story in this room of God's blessing, but we want to talk briefly about God's blessing on our church, in particular in three things that we feel called to help people with, Okay. You see them on the back wall back there, our three core values, not to be confused with our fourth core value, free coffee. Um, our three core values are know God, share life, step up. We want every person that ever walks in this building to have an opportunity to know God. We want people to know God. We want kids to know God. We want everyone to have a chance to know God. Then we don't think you're supposed to know God alone, but you're supposed to do it in community. And so we want to help people share life and then of course, we're not here just to receive, just to get, but we're here to take the gifts God gives us and use them to bless others. And so we have that relationship with God. We have those relationships with others. Then we step up and we serve and we give and we sacrifice so that we can help more people know God and more people share life and more people step up and the process um, carries on. And so this morning, um, we see that in their time of need, they're rescued, they're victorious, because they call out to God, they pray, they rep repent, a lamb is sacrificed, God spoke, and then they responded. We see 
The same thing unfolding in our story. A lamb was sacrificed, Jesus was sacrificed for the sins of the world. God spoke, we have God's word, we have God's spirit, and now we have our part to play in response. The Bible talks about how uh, our victory, our overcoming comes from the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Jesus is the lamb offered for us. His word makes a difference, but then we have a part to play. We have a testimony to share, and thus far we can say, the Lord has helped us up till now. One of the ways that we really love to celebrate as people are coming to know God is we love to celebrate people being baptized. And so I want you to know this morning, if you don't know, if you're unfamiliar, um, baptism is not something that we made up or that you know, Christians made up or whatever, it was actually modeled by Jesus, instituted by Jesus. He told us, go make disciples and baptize them in water in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so we see in the scriptures that when someone becomes a Christian, when someone is saved, they ought to be baptized publicly as an outward symbol and statement of an inward transformation. The same way somebody goes down in the water and they come back up, okay? We've never had anybody not come back up, all right? They come back up in the same way because Jesus went into the grave and was raised to life. We can be lost in our sin, hopeless, but see that old man buried and see a new creature raised to life in Christ. We can see these old bodies that we have wasting away, and we can see death happening all around us, but know and have a confidence that even if we die in this shell, even if we don't live long in this body, we have the promise of our own resurrection because Jesus rose from the dead. And so today we're celebrating people that are new creatures and uh, that are being baptized in water and telling that story to everybody else. We don't think you have to be baptized to be saved. Jesus is the one who saves and forgives and cleanses us of sin, not baptism waters, but we think every person who is saved ought to be obedient to Jesus and be baptized. And so this morning, we're going to see some people do that. And similar to like my wedding ring, okay, you don't have to have a wedding ring to be married. You can be married. You could be married in secret. You don't have to tell anyone, but um, it's an it's a outward visible symbol. It tells everybody else about that covenant. And so baptism isn't something that saves us or cleanses us or forgives us, but saved people get baptized to show the world their love for Jesus and uh, how he's changed their life. And so with that being said, I want you to make some noise as I invite some of my friends that are being baptized today. Can you welcome these four? Come on up, guys. Come on up. So excited for you. I'll need that one, I guess. Here, we're going to sit wherever you want to. You go, okay, all right, all right, all right. I, I said it. I said wherever you want to. Okay, so um, we'll start down here with, uh, with the oldest. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I was going to let him say his name, but she said Dustin. I know Dustin. All right, so Dustin, if that's really your name. Um, why don't you tell us your name, and we'll start with this, just what's your name and how long have you been coming to Bluff First? My name's Dustin Fraser. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Tasha. 
And she was coming a little while before you, right? Like, okay. Also, we see that happen sometimes. You know, wife comes, tries it out, and slowly reels in the husband. So that's awesome. What do you do, Dustin? Firefighter. Awesome. Thank you so much. Some of those guys on the grills this morning, we had him on standby just in case you guys got carried away on the pancakes. Um, so that's awesome. Okay, so these two, uh, you know these girls? Yeah, I guess I'll claim them. <laughs> you claim them? Okay. Yeah. Girls, tell us, tell us your name. You're doing great, Allison. So, Allison, you usually go to kids first downstairs? Yeah? Do you like it? Yeah? Awesome. And you started coming with your mom, too? Cool. Okay. And what's your name? Sahara. Sahara. That's a pretty name. Sahara, what's your favorite thing about Kids First? Too many to name. You're speechless. I love it. Do you like Kids First? Say yes. Okay, good. 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 And then we have one more here on my right. Tell us, not related to these, these three, tell us your name and how long you've been coming to Bluff First. My name is Avery Heifel, and I've been coming to this church for five years. Okay, awesome. Awesome, Avery. We're so proud of you. So while you have the mic, Avery, um, why are you getting baptized? What difference has Jesus made in your life? You love Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, you guess? It's okay. It's okay to be nervous. We, we heard your testimony in the class, and we know that you know the Lord, and you're wanting to make this step, and so we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. Dustin, you still got a mic down there. Um, so I know maybe at first you were a little unsure about this uh, church thing and this whole scene and stuff, so kind of walk us through your journey you coming to faith, you deciding to be baptized. Um, what's that been like? I don't know why you're making me talk. Like I don't like talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to church when I kind of got out of it. We told ourselves when we had kids. Yeah. Okay, you're doing great. You're doing great. It's all right. It's all right. Let's, we'll, we'll give Dad a break for a second. Allison, tell me one of your favorite things about Kids First on Sundays. What do you, got, what do you love when you're down there? Yeah, you love to sing and dance? We won't make you sing and dance on the spot, but that would be pretty fun. What's one of your favorite songs? Do you have a favorite? Books of the Bible? Oh, that's awesome. Do you know all the words? Yeah, so that means you know all the books of the Bible. I don't even know if I know all the books of the Bible. So that's great. I need to go downstairs. Awesome. Uh, Sahara, can you tell us one of your favorite things about Kids First now that you had a little more time to think about it? Singing and dancing. That sounds so familiar. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right, let's give, let's give Dad another chance here. I know it's hard to talk about. You thought you were out of it. No way. So you, you decided, you, got, you guys knew you always wanted to raise the girls in church and stuff, and, uh, but, but for you personally, you know, whatever had happened in your life kind of gotten away from church, and, and um, 
what were you thinking when you first started coming and what's changed in your life since then? Well, I've been to several different churches, so you understood it. Uh, I started coming here. I, uh, I, I uh, grew up um, hearing about the, I see, I see what you're doing. I grew up hearing about this uh, awesome pitcher, uh, baseball pitcher down the road in Greenville named Dustin Graves. And so to, to think that, uh, you know, we get a chance to do this together all these years later is just incredible. And we see you, uh, I've seen Dustin's growth over the last year or two. And uh, I know maybe he, he might have come dragging his feet a little bit at first, Tasha. Uh, but I think if you tried to stop coming, he might drag you at this point. So we're so, so proud of you. And I've heard of different conversations with you and family or coworkers or whatever. And you say, oh, no, it's not like that at my church. You need to come to church. And, and uh, we just see the growth. And we're so proud of you raising your kids in the house of God. It's incredible. And we're so proud of all of our kiddos getting baptized today. Can we make some noise for them one more time? If you guys would come right here, we want to pray for you, and uh, if you'll stand right up here, we're going to get rid of a couple of these chairs, but we want to pray for you, and um, we'll see these guys get baptized later on in the service. It's going to be awesome. God, we love you. We thank you um, for each and every life that's represented here, each and every family that's represented. Um, we thank you for, for Sharon and Corey and Miranda and Tommy and all of, all of this family, and we thank you for Dustin, and we thank you for his family, God. We pray that you'd bless each and every one of them as they make this step to go public with their faith. We pray that you'd bless them. We know that, God, you have plans for them, and the enemy wants to destroy that. And so we just pray that you would support them, that you would be with them, and that, God, you would use their testimony in a powerful way. May they love you and serve you and follow you all the days of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give them one more hand this morning. Thank you so much. We're so proud of you. So, so, so proud of you. Love Baptism Sundays. What a fun uh, time it is to be uh, together. I do want to just report on a couple of things here. You know, it's not all um, about numbers, but how many know that if, uh, if numbers represent people, then numbers matter? Because people matter, right? People matter to God. And so I just wanted to share a few um, baptism numbers with you. Um, in 2016, uh, we were very excited. We put up this little sign that said, it, back then it just said new, and uh, we started putting bulbs in it every time somebody got baptized. And in 2016, we were ecstatic. We saw 11 people um, get baptized, go public with their faith. The following year, we had a record year. Um, 2017, we saw 23 people um, go public with that step. And then in 2018, another eight people took that step. And a lot of you guys are in the room um, and in 2019, we tied our record again with 23 people. Um, and then 2020, you know, we had a lot of months we weren't in the building um, to baptize, but we still saw um, nine baptisms. And so just summing that up, our, our biggest year ever in the last five years was 23. And our biggest two-year gap ever was when we had 23 and 11, which is 34, I think. Um, but, but check this out. In 2021, just this year... Um, we have baptized 30 people so far, so it's already a record year, and that is before 
today, the last Sunday of 2021. And so today makes 34. We will have baptized as many people this year as we ever have in any two-year span in our, in our church. And so we praise God for that, right? It's amazing. Um, we, we, can, we can look back and say, God has helped us thus far. And we can look back and say, if anything good has happened, it's been because of the Lamb, right? It's been because of Jesus and what he has done. And uh, if you read more of the story in 1 Samuel, I encourage you to check it out this week. Uh, what's cool is they, they put up this Ebenezer and this place of victory, but it actually, uh, 20 years prior, was a place of great, uh, gruesome defeat. And so it had been a place of death and a place where you remember loss. And in that place, after they repented and they sacrificed and they prayed, um, God showed up. And so instead of sin and rebellion and death, there was repentance and forgiveness and life. And, uh, and so that's, I mean, that's so much a picture of baptism. And also with that in mind, I want to invite another couple. I want you to hear another Know God story and I want to invite Mike and Teresa Orr to join me up here. Will you guys make some noise for Mike and Teresa? And I'm going to give you both a microphone so there's no passing it down to me. Okay, you're not going to get away with that. Um, come on up, guys. We're so excited. Got your Bluff First merch on, too. I like that. Shameless plug. Didn't make you do that. All right. Teresa. Mike. It's different from up here, isn't it? Yeah. I just take my glasses off if I get nervous, and I can't see them as clear. Um, so I, I'm going to guess that a lot of you don't know Mike and Teresa. Um, they've been at our church since about March of this year. And, um, but uh, I sort of have a, a lifelong connection to Miss Teresa here. So, Teresa, you have known my mother since... You don't have to say a year. Seventh grade. Seventh grade. That was really recent, I'm sure. A few days um, ago. A few days, yeah. I would make a joke because it's my mom, but then it would be a joke towards you too. Uh -huh. So um, mom's you. old, you're not, okay? So uh, <laughs> so um, how long have you guys been together, you and Mike? Um, technically, we've been married two years. Two years, okay. We've known one another for 20 known each other for 20. Slow mover, Mike. Okay. All right. I see. I see. He, fol he followed me here from Colorado. Okay. When I moved home. Did you know he was following you? When Are you safe? When he showed up okay. at the door. Okay. <laughs> Everything's okay. All right. So, um, so this whole, I mean, you're not new to church. You kind of grew up in church as well. I did. Yeah. And if I'm allowed to say this, I... Grew up in a church. Don't name names. A few miles up the road. Okay. Can I say this? I don't know. <laughs> you didn't have the best experience. That made me never, ever, ever want to go to church again. Yeah. And I didn't. Yeah. For 36 years. 36 years. You didn't go to church. I did not. Okay. So meanwhile, meanwhile, there's some stuff going on with your new husband, Mike. Mike, tell us, what you, did, did you grow up in church? Did you know God as a young man? What's your story? No, I, uh, <clears throat> my church uh, child was, uh, I was about eight old, all these houses. Okay. Um, 
did not hear jaws. Probably in my 30s, consistently, and uh, more out of the story that you're going to hear. Yeah, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about about your story. I know it's I know it's not the easiest thing to talk about, but God's done a great work in you. So, so maybe just tell me where you were. You know what was going on in your life a year ago. Where, where had you been? Where, where were you at that point? Um. It's quite a bit of a lead-in, I guess, a build. Um, did 10 years in the military, 20-something years in fire service. Fire service as well. Okay, awesome. And, uh, and we're happy to share this day with him because he works with my brother. Yeah, okay, awesome. So we have Small world. Here. Yeah. So in the military and in the fire service, I was um, supervisor and or um, in charge of all folks. And, and of course you handle a bunch of um, ugly stuff through both of those. And as a supervisor, you get to hold on to everything and take care of your people. You don't get to vent what you're carrying, what you were in through those yeah. times. So my, uh, <clears throat> in my infinite wisdom, I turn to alcohol and um, you know you that was my bread and butter for a long yeah, time that's kind of your escape <clears throat> yeah and that's how I dealt with it what I was carrying and it got to a point where so that, yeah so that that <laughs> progressed right not fr beyond just beyond just having a drink or whatever to like more oh, of a, a problem. It got ugly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So tell us where we, where you guys were a year ago, Therese. It got ugly. So a year ago on January 11, we had noticed that he was not feeling well. We had found out that he had gone into AFib. And through the period process that the medical field, and I'm a nurse, so I can say that, um, sometimes does, it was taking a little while to get yeah. him worked up. Well, on January 11, I looked at him and I said, something's wrong. So I took him in, we go through the ER, he ends up in the ICU, and I hear, like in that cartoon, the wah, 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 yeah. until we don't expect him to make it. A year ago. A year ago. Wow. That got my attention, and um, I wasn't going to cry. That's okay. <laughs> and for the first time in those 36 years, I hit the floor and reached out and said, God, I need you. Yeah. I called April and said, we've not seen each other in a very long time, and I keep seeing your name attached to this church, and although I don't understand that yet, I need you. She said, can I put you on the prayer list at church? And I said absolutely and in my mind I'm thinking you can put me on that list you can put me on a seating list at Colton's you can put me on I don't care what the list is put me on whatever list you can put me on yeah we need help and we need prayer yeah so obviously he made it through yeah that first night then it was he'll probably never make it back home wow we talked about hospice we talked and and I just kept refusing to believe 
that that is what God had planned for us at that point in, in our life. So I had all of his family come in from all over who were all Christians. Yeah. Um, many, 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 many prayers. Um, come to find out the nurse that took care of him, I also knew from high school, but because of the mask and everything, you don't recognize each sure. other. And, and the world is so small. Um, but after all of those prayers, daily, he was getting better and getting better. And we both at that point just kind of rededicated ourselves to Christ and said, you know, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. And we God both have said, to God give all, all yeah. of the glory. Yeah, amen. That he's here. Amen. And, you know, him. I have been so impressed. Like, we would have never known you were dealing with that. They show up as this, you know, happy, weird friendly couple. Show up. And I didn't say weird. You said weird. <laughs> And, uh, and just jumped right in and so friendly and, uh, they've been in small groups, they've been, you know, involved and, um, man, God's just done an awesome work to think a year ago, they're saying, you're not going to make it through the night. You're never going to go home and look at you, you know, and God's using that, not just for your good, but he's using that kind of that, this moment, even I'm sure to impact other people. So listen, if you're well, here or you're watching, you're not too far gone. God's still got something oh, for absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll no matter what it is. I, there's, there's a country song, don't ask me who sings it, and nor will I sing it for you, because um, <clears throat> you do not want that. But one of the lines in it is, me and Jesus have our own thing going. I'm going to tell you. Can't do it alone. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Teresa reaching out to, the, to April in the prayer chain. And all the blessings there. You can't do it alone. And just Amen. like Justin said, because You're you welcome. made it okay to come back to church. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, I mean, we're just so proud of you. Can't believe well, what God has done and believe the best is ahead still. Oh, absolutely. And so um, can, we, can we just show some appreciation to these guys? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I wish, I wish we had all day to hear more of your story, um, but we're going to invite another couple up, and so I want to invite, again, thank you guys so much, I want to invite Andy and Shanna Moore. We have the Oars and the Moors. Come on up, guys. Look at this. I got a red mic, red sweatshirt, blue mic. I think that's bluish sweatshirt. Okay. So... Um, you've already heard some no God stories, and uh, I'm pretty sure these two know God also. Um, but I, w I want them to share with you uh, quickly this morning because they are the, um, not to call you a child, Andy, but they are the poster childs of uh, sharing life, sharing life and stepping up. And um, how long, tell us your names, what do you do, and how long have you been at Bluff First? Shannon says I'm going first, so. <laughs> Uh, my name is Andy Moore. I'm a manager at Briggs, uh, Briggs & Stratton, and we've been married four and a half years and going to Buff First since last October. Okay, so a little over a year. Awesome. So tell us, uh, it's been kind of a wild year for you guys. You went from new people. In fact, I remember last year around Christmas Eve, I was like, 
oh, I hope, you know, I, you know, I don't know if anybody else gets this. As a pastor, new people show up, and you're like, I hope they like me. I don't know. They seem cool. I hope they like me. I hope they stay. Whatever. Oh, so cool. I was, yeah, so I was dealing with all that last year around this time, and I'm uh, thinking, man, I hope, I hope they stick around because they're really cool. Um, but in that year, you guys have gotten involved. You've uh, been in small groups. You've gone through the growth track. You've joined the dream team. So if you don't already know this, um, we have a team of probably 120 plus people, what we call the dream team, that make these make everything happen. Um, this is not a three or four person show. Um, we have everything from childcare and kids stuff and youth stuff, worship, safety team, food team, caring for people, all of it. I'm probably forgetting some teams, but we have all hospitality, we have all these different teams, and, uh, and to be a part of that team, we have a little process we call the growth track three-week class that we put on to kind of teach you about the values of our church and, and where you might fit in to, to all of that. And so tell us about uh, your experience with small groups, growth track, any of that stuff. Yeah, so we did the, the growth track and immediately um, just the way God ordained, just even where you sit while you're taking this growth track and just the people we met and the, the laughter and immediately feeling like a family um, was great. And then we knew after that, we're like, we're ready. We're ready to dive on in. And uh, so we, we did some small groups. And then we led uh, an outdoor small group. Stumbled through leading. We stumbled. <laughs> yeah, no, we stumbled you led through. an awesome outdoor small group. And what teams are you guys serving on right now? I know you're on like 100 different teams. Uh, right now, I'm just on hospitality. I did youth for a little while, but I have a, a lot going on. I had to step down for that just for a little bit. Um, but hospitality right now. And then I'm doing the hospitality and the safety. Okay, awesome. I'm pretty sure they've roped you, guys, roped you guys in on some events and some food team stuff too. But um, so hospitality, safety team, hospitality. Okay, awesome. So we feel safe and we feel welcome. And a lot of that's because of you guys. So um, what difference has that made for you? What's it been like serving alongside people? Has it been, I hope it's been good. <laughs> well, I think it's great. You know, the church is big. You look at it, first you see a lot of faces and uh, you get to know a few names. But the growth track was perfect because one, it, it got us a chance to put names to a face. And then with the small groups, you meet folks maybe that you didn't know yet. And uh, uh, you see a church this big, you think they've got it all figured out and there's nothing else you can, can you know, provide. But there's just so many opportunities yeah. to serve. And I think that's what's great about Growth Track is they got a really cool system that you take a poll or a survey and it kind of helps you plug into what, what your yeah. you know, gifts are. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You got anything to add, Shannon? <laughs> no, I think we didn't right, practice. No, no. The, probably the biggest it. thing that I've noticed with with since being more involved, and I came from a, a church that I grew up in, and it was an amazing church, and it was family. And I moved here, and I thought I am never going to find that type of church again. Uh, we visited some churches, and just didn't. But we came here, and it was immediately that's what it was. It was like this is family, and I don't know everybody, and I don't know. I'm not very good with names, but. It's like, I look forward to church now, and I can't wait to, to get involved. And when you talk to people, it feels like family. And so I think that's the biggest thing that I tell people when I talk about this church is like, you want a family? You want to feel like you belong? Come to Bluff First. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's One awesome. thing I think was cool, too, that, you know, we, as Shannon talked about, we looked for a lot of churches. And we had visited Bluff First. It probably was the friendliest church uh, that we'd been to. And we were at another church for Christmas Eve service last year, and TJ kind of referenced it a minute ago, but 
T.J. walks in to preach. We didn't know T.J. was going to preach, and uh, he preached the same message that he preached Sunday. Yes, I did. When we were here. <laughs> but, you know, he did such a great job. We learned some things maybe we didn't pick up on Sunday. But at the same time, it was like, you know, that's our pastor right there. And uh, he just, they, everybody here makes everybody feel so belonging. Uh, it's just a great feeling to, to find your family, your church family. Yeah, that's awesome. We're so proud of you. And my hope in today is that now, you know, you see Dustin, you see Mike and Teresa, you see Andy and Shanna, and you know part of their story, you know a little bit about them. Man, there are so, not only can you talk to them and approach them, there are so many stories um, that you've never heard. So, man, the, the, the 15 minutes before church, or those of us, that, let's be honest, it's hard to get here on time, the 15 minutes after church, take advantage of that time, get to know people, uh, hear their story, share your story. Um, all the people that have talked today, almost all the people that have talked today have only been here a year or two. And so, man, there's just so much that could be gleaned from these conversations. And uh, we're proud of you guys. You're a big part of what makes this thing go. Give them a hand, would you, this morning? And uh, I, know, I know you're full of pancakes and we're, we're getting here up against the clock. Um, but just want to give you a couple more just real quick updates. And then we're going to sing a song together. And... Uh, and have some baptisms, and we'll be done. Um, it's just one service today, so we, we got a few rollover minutes, okay? It's the last Sunday of the year. We can, we can give 10 extra minutes here. But if by chance this morning you say, man, I, I'm moved by those stories. I need to make a step to follow Jesus, or I need to recommit my life to the Lord, or I need to get baptized, or maybe even, man, I want, I want some help finding a small group next semester, or I want to sign up for that class. I want to go to the growth track. I want to start serving. Um, you can take any of those steps at bluffverse.com slash info. And so if you'll scroll to, the, scroll to the bottom of that page, you can mark any of those things, and then we'll follow up with you um, accordingly and help you get involved in whatever um, capacity that you would like to. We had 28 new Dream Teamers in 2021, and so we praise God for that. And I uh, also want to just give you a sneak peek in addition to the growth track, which is coming in January on three Sunday nights in January. I think it's the, starting on the 9th. Um, in addition to that, we also are going to be uh, giving you some opportunities to grow, challenge yourself in some spiritual disciplines. And so we normally do 21 days of prayer in January. We're going to shake that up a little bit this year. In addition to prayer, we're also going to be encouraging you and challenging you in the areas of uh, not just prayer, but Bible reading and, and, and community and meals and technology, all kinds of stuff. We're going to be pushing some rhythms, some daily habits, some weekly habits, and we're going to inv invite you to be a part of that. Hopefully that will slow things down for you and bring some calm to the chaos that is all of us living in, in 2021-22. Um, also want to remind you today uh, is your last, chant, last uh, shot and chance, last chance, I don't know what that word is, last chance at uh, any end of the year giving. And so some of you maybe are looking for opportunities um, for nonprofits, tax deductible type things. Uh, Bluff First is a nonprofit, so thank you for giving. There's different ways to give in person, online. It's all on the screen. And I wanted to say thanks. Last week, we took up a special, uh, in addition to everything else, we took up a special uh, donation to Convoy of Hope for some of the tornado relief. And you guys gave $985 last week uh, to tornado victims. And so we, we praise God for that. God bless you. This has been one of my favorite Christmas seasons we've had as a church. And um, it's, it's because of you. You know, the Lord has helped you, helped us thus far. Okay. 
Yeah, absolutely. Praise God. We did forget to say that. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Amen. And so just as the Lord has helped them, helped us thus far, may he help you even more so, not only today, but in 2022. We pray God's blessing on you. Um, we talked today about this Ebenezer, this stone of remembrance, and how Christ is our cornerstone. And so we're going to sing that together. Stand with me if you would. We're going to sing that together, and then we're going to have some folks baptized, and then let you get on your way. God bless you. Thanks for being here today. Hopefully we'll see you for the first Sunday of 2022. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like more information, visit us on Facebook or on the web at bluffhurst.com.